Good afternoon, everybody. Congratulations. You've made it to Friday. This is the Friday edition of Back to the Window with Scott and Scott. I'm your host, Scott Steen, lead handicapper at winnersandwiners.com. And I'm your co-host, Scott Rochelle, senior handicapper over winnersandwiners.com. And we get together every single day, Monday through Friday, 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, right here in this spot, and give you our favorite plays or farm play, talk to you guys in real time, and generally uh, try to have a little uh, a little fun, Scott. And... Uh, how did your how did your uh, Thursday go, sir? Overall, it went pretty well. It was one of those days where I wasn't really interested in betting anything, and everything that I liked won. Okay. So I dabbled on a couple of things. I did have the under in the Rangers Lightning game, which was really never in doubt. Nope. I'm a little bit annoyed though because the last two games, I said the Lightning would win three to one in game four, and I said they'd win two to one in game five. And empty netters screwed me in the final minute out of both those calls, and I was one goal off both times. Why aren't you allowing for empty netters in your in your prediction, Scott? Well, I was, but you don't you can only account for so much, you know. When when you're about two minutes away from overtime, and the Lightning scored two goals in the final about minute fifty, and your prediction was pretty good, and it was I believe eighteen to one for the two to one, I think, yep. which whatever, but it is what it is. I understand. I understand. Uh, we missed out on. The Red Sox, as the Angels finally got off the schneid, as they were just waiting for a pitcher that could also hit home runs, and finally they they gave up a home run to Velasquez. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. But uh, the the big blow was the three run dinger on a yeah to Velasquez, the guy was five foot five. That was uh, I thought Otani hit that. No, Otani had a two run homer. In oh, the he fifth. had the two run homer. That's right. And then that's Velasquez right. hit the three run homer, and I believe the sixth or seventh. Mm-hmm. I said that right. I said that wrong on the other show. I thought Otani. I thought it was the other way around. But yeah, worked out well for them. Congratulations, getting off the snide. Uh, Bian Trabajo is around. The Scott Twins. Okay, cool. I felt every emotion while catching that Yankees cover. <laughs> Never a doubt, buddy. Seven to two in the what? The third inning, fourth inning. Okay. Trabajo, we're... you're underestimating the power of the game after theory. Yep. It's too powerful on my end, man. It's cannot, too powerful. Cannot cannot be beat. You can only hope to be contained. Uh, Fernando just—he's Fernando's not a big foreplay guy. He just—he just wants us to go right in, just start plowing away. That's—that's that's not how we do it here, man. We've got. Uh, we got well, we're going to talk about it. Oh, sure we will. We got you to talk about it, though, man. Uh, Andrew says great undercall on the Ranger game, and that was a—we uh, both had that. Was that your play of the day? No, my play of the day was UFC related. Oh, I that's was going right. to do it, but I usually cut myself off at around one thirty-five for minuses. Yes, and the Rangers under was around minus one forty, minus one forty-five. I would have given an out, but I wasn't sure if that was too juicy to give out, so I just decided to pass on it. But I mentioned on the show, this show, how much I liked it. Yep. So, yep, absolutely. Hopefully some of you tailed. Yeah, we talked about that as well. Um, Do you have a rule when it comes to the most amount of juice you'll actually lay on like an individual play? Depends on the sport. Depends on the circumstances. But well, I'm saying for, for you two purposes. No, I mean, it depends on – you're talking about like a, just a, a, a straight under on a like, hockey or basketball game? Like a YouTube play of the day video. Oh, uh, I try to keep it around 140 or so. Yeah, so and I, and I don't I think do, my and I don't do many 135. I don't do if many. If it was that 140, high. I would have given it out. But now, now, having said that, I will probably give out some baseball plays that are 160 or so later in the That's season fair. because the the numbers just get outrageous, mm. and uh, there's some times where you just don't have the confidence in them to cover the run line. So. Uh, you bet, Fernando. Absolutely, buddy. Uh, Ryan Capes is a good game to watch. The Yankees and the Twins. Yeah, if you're on the right side of it, absolutely. 
Magellan wants to know if the Royals can win three in a row. Uh, I wouldn't think so. But then again, I didn't think they could win two in a row. So what the fuck Miracles do I know? happen every day. You know, they're at home. Um, they're starting to hit the ball a little bit. And Baltimore, you know, maybe don't underestimate how much Baltimore actually sucks as well. Sure. That was another game I liked yesterday. I said I liked the over, but I ended up not taking it. Yeah. Well, I, I like... also said the Marlins over was the runner-up for the farm play. Mm-hmm. And, of course, game after theory, you know, the Marlins were obviously going to score about seven runs, right? Yep. yep. No question of, of no, no question about it. They put it with three in the first. Yep. yep. Strasburg, welcome back. Yeah, not good. Not good yet. So, super sly in the house. What's up, buddy? Uh, Celtics again today. Uh, well, that's that's kind of how I'm leaning, but we'll get we'll get Scott's opinion here in a little while. First, I want to take care of some housekeeping stuff. First and foremost, this is it. This is the last show that's going to be live on the uh, YouTube network as far as Scott and I go. Starting False. Monday. What's we that? NASCAR. Well, okay, correct. This will be the, the last. The last back to the window. Thank you. Thank there you, you very much. Mass, being a smartass. Man, I, as, as if having four kids isn't enough to fucking correct me when I make a mm-hmm. tiny fucking tactical error. Appreciate you stopping by. Yes, it's the last back to the window that will be available on the YouTube winners uh the winners and winners youtube channel after this is going to be max wagers network so get over there while you're thinking about it right now just open up another window on your phone on your computer whatever and get subscribed to the max wagers network because you're going to catch all the great content over there like midday money with sean higgs morning wood with Allie burns me and chris me and scott sean miller doing soccer from around the world and of course nick tim and detroit lenny doing game time decision i believe tim is probably at the east carolina game today we usually Tim usually checks in with us, but I believe he's out there watching some baseball. They still winning? Gee, money. I saw it was 7-5 in, in the seventh. I don't know if they're still winning or it not. It is now 8-5. They knocked in another one. Oh. So, well, uh, do you do you have uh, East Carolina there at uh, 135? I did not end up betting that game, but I know we talked on air. I think Texas is overrated. They fall apart every year. I said that when we had Earl on the show. And I said, Texas is one of those teams that could be favored as much as you want. Doesn't matter what the sport is. We saw it in women's softball as well. They don't really lift many trophies. They just give you the illusion of lifting trophies. Okay. All right. Well, that's I mean, of course, this year in college baseball, they were good and not amazing, but they were preseason number one, weren't they? I believe that's correct, if I'm not mistaken. Of course, that, they, that didn't materialize. They've kind of underachieved for most of the season compared to what they are initial expectations were but right i'm not surprised that they're losing in the first game of the super regional friend uh francisco uh wants to know if we got any thoughts on the dodgers in san francisco Eunice against bueller i would say Eunice. it's really Eunice, but i'm going with Junis there okay bueller's been struggling recently and i know he's still six and two yeah. the giants of course have been a bit underwhelming this season i mean they set the bar pretty high last year to put it lightly, but Bueller has been vulnerable for the last month or so. Yeah, 12, 12 so, earned in his last three starts, covering 14 and third innings. Not good. So do you want to lay 155 with Bueller? I because don't. I do not. I don't. Chris Chris liked laying the 150 there. I didn't see it. I think the Dodgers should be probably a small favorite here. You know, the Dodgers are going to be, you know, they're going to roll out of bed minus 130. But uh, yeah. Junis still... Is he's hanging in there, pitching pretty well, man. He uh, he had a little dip. He gave up gave up a few runs, but he's uh, he's been much better in his last three starts, giving up just four earned over his last three starts. 
I certainly don't want to lay 150 with the Dodgers. I would be perhaps interested in taking a uh, a small shot with the uh, with the Giants there, plus money, getting plus 135 or so. I'm okay with that. I think it's a good price. Yeah. Now, Trabal was mentioning Vince Young begs to differ about Texas. Just so people remember, Vince Young, that was 16 years ago. Just saying. That was 16, 2006. It's a great baseball game. I was hoping Vince Young would succeed in the pros. Didn't work great, out. Great, fo- out to- great football game. I was going to uh, – sorry, I said baseball game. Yeah. You know, great football game. Shout out to uh, Jeff Fisher for completely sabotaging Vince Young's career. But when you have to point to 16 years ago <laughs> to talk about the triumphs of the Longhorns, I think my case stands. You? Well, I do because they've got much higher expectations than that in Austin. So Besides that, their ceiling was Colt McCoy and they lost in the title game to Bama. That's basically been the peak of their football program yeah. for the last 15 years. Uh, he still lives in 2006, unfortunately. Uh, East Carolina. Looking, yeah, the bullpen looking a little shaky there, JC. Absolutely correct. Uh, yeah, yeah. No question, no question about it. They uh, did a nice job with their starter, but uh, the bullpen well, it looks like a college bullpen right now. It really does. So overs, live overs, there. all over the place there as far go. as the eye can see. Hey, don't forget to check out the great deal we got with our pals over there at Caesars. $1,100 first bet insurance. Make your first bet your best bet. You got something you're locked in on. Maybe you got to play from that basketball game that you know is going to cash tonight. This would be a good opportunity to exploit that. Get your account loaded up. Your first bet with the Caesars. They will guarantee it up to $1,100. If you win your bet, congratulations. You just won your bet. But if you lose, Caesars will make you whole up to and including $1,100. Make sure you use the code ATSWINSCAESAR. That's ATSWINSCZR. And it is available only in states where Caesars exists, of course. You must be 21 to play, except for Wyoming and New Hampshire. So um, check all that out in the description. You can get the code there as well as the link right to the promotion. So with that being said... Let's take a look and see what happened yesterday, Scott. There was a lot of things going on. Some of the games we've already talked about, and some of them we have not talked about as of yet. So uh, let's uh, let's find out who it is, who uh, who took it in the shorts, and who took it to the bank. The uh, the winners and the whiners, if you will. You know who you are. But now we're going to bring the world on board and share your pain. It is the Friday edition of Call the Cops. Very good. Scott, we're going to get it rolling in the major leagues. If you had the Diamondbacks team total under four and a half against the Reds, they had one run through the first eight innings, and then that extremely explosive Diamondbacks offense took control as they put up four in the top of the ninth, they finished with five runs. Oh, team total under four and a half. Very close, but call the cops. Yeah, the explosive Diamondbacks offense or the awful Reds bullpen. You know, there are a couple of ways to phrase that, but it still went over. Yeah. If you had the hockey game and you had the Lightning team total under two and a half against the Rangers, it looked really good because they had one goal with less than two minutes left. And it looks like you're headed to overtime. Not so much. Palat deflects a shot in front of the net. And then you have the empty netter. And Tampa scored two goals in the final 110 
or sorry, in the final uh, 110 seconds, and they finished with three. So, yeah, not exactly a fun time. And finishing up in the majors, if you had the Red Sox first five on the money line, they led 2-1, entering the bottom of the fifth. Uh, 1-2 count Otani. Nope, nope, can't sneak one more by him. He had a two-run homer. Boston takes the 3-2 lead after five, and they never look back. If you had the Red Sox first five money line, full game money line, tear that shit up and call the cops. And that was kind of a summary of how your bet went, right? Because the Angels couldn't score, couldn't do anything, and then the pitcher hits a two-run homer. That kind of sucks, doesn't it? Brutal. Just absolutely brutal. So there was some good news out there. This is the place you want to be. This is if you have a pick. This is the segment you want to be featured on. It's the nice, easy victories. It's the people that were able to sit back in their rocking chair. Or sit, sit back because why? They were sitting in the rocking chair. There you go. <laughs> Close enough. Yeah, so the first one, if you had the over eight and a half in the Dodgers and White Sox game, you had 11 runs in the first five innings. And Chicago's known for their wind, but not for their rain. So they played the entire game, and it landed 20. Ah, very good. If you had the Yankees twins over eight and a half, didn't have to watch this one long. Although, if you had a side, you certainly should have, because they put up nine in the first two innings, Scott. Nine. I believe that was a 7-2 lead for the twins, if I'm not mistaken, was that nine runs. But no worries. Here come the Yankees. Eight unanswered runs. That game ends up 10-7 and 17, doubling up your over of eight and a half. And the last one, if you had the Marlins on the money line or the run line, because of course they did game after we had them, uh, they led seven to two after five innings and they won seven to four. Look at this. Now, yesterday we had to like kind of force one in there because we hadn't had one in a while. And then lo and behold, just a few hours later, one of them showed up and it couldn't have been more obvious. I knew you would want to talk about this. Let's of fi- course. Let's find out who it is. It's uh, It's Scott. And uh, I'm gonna let him. I'm gonna let him do this one as we find out. It's the Friday edition of Donkey of the Day. Scott, old man yells at clouds and reporters. Tell us about it. So we're gonna go back to one of the rocking chairs with that Dodgers and White Sox game, and we're gonna go to Chicago manager Tony Larusa who hopefully did not drive to the ballpark, but he might have been intoxicated during the game because his decision-making made absolutely no sense. There was a spot where Trey Turner was up, and they decided to pitch to him. A couple of people on base. Okay, you know, I've seen worse decisions. And they got to 1-2, exactly where you want it to be for a count. Mm -hmm. And then the next thing you know, they decided to intentionally walk him on a 1-2 count. To pitch to Muncie, and Muncie hit a three-run homer five pitches later. <laughs> then, to make matters worse, Larusa defended his decision, which I don't fully understand. But <laughs> can I mean, we say he a... defended it with vigor? Can we see he he gave a spirited defense of his position, Scott? I guess you can say that he was talking about batting averages and percentages involving. Turner with people with basically he was mentioning a bunch of scenarios, but he just didn't account for a couple of variables. One, why would you even throw any pitches to him if you're going to walk him anyway? Right. Two, 
I I mean, you're looking at Turner's numbers with a one-two count. What's he hitting? Op- What's he hitting at one-two? Yeah, it's not good. No, of course not. So the the whole thing made no sense. Yes, anytime you're facing an O-two or one-two count, I'm guessing your average probably drops off by a hundred points, give or take. Something. I forgot the exact in number. But they showed it. Turner's yeah. numbers with one-two counts are not very good. Nobody's are, but. I mean, I I don't know why you wouldn't try to get one more strike on the guy. I I don't I don't get it. Uh, it may not be the dumbest fucking thing I'll hear all week, but it's it's, it's, it's the bad. leader in the clubhouse at this point. So, yeah, and and you kind of touched on it. It was more is is just his attitude in the in the postseason press conference, just the the arrogance to even question. I mean, you know, he made it sound like. Uh, you had a guy swinging away with the bases loaded. It was like it's just such a no-brainer. Why would you even ask me such a stupid fucking question? What are you? What are you morons? And I think everybody in the press room was like, "What the what the fuck is this guy talking about?" You know, because it was. I, can you remember that happening ever? On a one-two. Count. Yes, on a one-two count. I think the only time it might have ever happened would be if you had first and second. And then you had a double steal or something. Yeah, if there had been and a you change, decided, sure. Like, all right, we need a double play or something. Okay. But in this situation, no. But you know, even then, with a one-two count, even then, it's a stretch. But I'm thinking of hypotheticals. That's Perhaps. the only situation I could think of. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's it's it was it's crazy. It was in just the arrogance and the attitude. You know, I was I was a proponent. I, apparently, I'm a little more patient than you, and that's worked out well for you this season because there hasn't been much patience in the big leagues. So it's possible he doesn't make it to the end of the year, Scott. If the if the White Sox don't rally the ship here, uh, I thought I thought if they played you know mediocre baseball, he would probably be able to survive the year. But if they went into if they went in a slump, could be the All Star game. May not take as big a slump as I thought. It may not take much at all to get them to you know cut cut bait cut bait. With I the thought old, that old drunk was a terrible hire at the time. That's right. I thought he should have been fired after what happened last year. Truth is, after he basically caused Mercedes to quit on the sport. I thought he might end up getting fired. Right. But they brought him back, and I said my favorite win total for the AL Central was the White Sox under because I thought LaRusso had run the team into the ground. Yep. And so far, he's been running the team into the ground. Yep. So. Agreed. We'll see. Agreed. Very good. All right, my friend. Well, do you think they should fire him right now? Or do you still think you should wait it out? Because I don't know what you're waiting for. What's a record? Three three under five back. In that division? Uh, yeah, see, that's the problem, man. Is uh I give him to the all-star break. Okay. If you're not if you're not if you're not five hundred by the all-star break, or if you, if you're double digits back, well, number one, you've waited too long. But uh he's gotta go. He's gotta go. So let me ask you a question though. If you were the GM of a team, mm-hmm. And your manager has that decision followed by that press conference. Yeah. Are you personally waiting till the All-Star break or are you firing him immediately? It 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 bumped me up quite a bit. It bumped me up my timetables quite a bit. I think uh I'm not sure it's kind of tricky cuz you don't necessarily want to be seen as reacting to just that one thing. I think it's worth reacting to to be honest. Mm, I'm not I mean, gonna, the, I'm not going to lie. Not... You can make a case for it. I don't necessarily agree. Yeah from a PR standpoint, but you could certainly make a very good case that 
he could be he should be fired because of that. Y- it's yesterday. not as bad as Herm Edwards' miracle at the Meadowlands. Like you're gonna hand the ball off when you can kneel it. Right. Like he got fired immediately. They might have thrown him off the team plane while they were in flight. Who was but the who was the coach of that team? I am completely drawing a blank. Okay. I know he never coached again. I'll tell you that much. Right. But that I don't think it's as bad. Like that's an all time bad decision. Yep. But short term memory, this is one of the worst decisions I've seen in a while. Yep. All right, let's check in with the comment section here a little bit. Uh, BN Trabajo wants to know if Caesars has a Presbyterian football. Asking for a friend, Scott, you want to tell him or should I? You want to do the honors? He's out. He's out. He's not coaching there anymore, man. He wasn't fired, though. No, he just... He let's le- be clear. They lost by 70 points on average, and he was not fired. Nope. He left to uh, pursue other opportunities. So we'll see. I want to see where he lands. But uh, I'm assuming we can't bet on wherever he's going to land. Mm. High school? Maybe, maybe, I don't know. We'll see. But Presbyterian, it was a hell of a run. It was a glorious oh, year. It's a great season. But yeah, right. the dream's dead. So yeah. Presbyterian, you're going to have to wave from a distance because we're not we're not touching the overs and they're going to be nowhere near 75. So yeah, see, here's the thing. Like on paper, doing the shows, I struggled college football season. In reality, in real life, I made uh, a fair amount of money because I loaded up on a lot of fucking games like that. Yeah. You know, because, but when you and I did the show, they just count as one win. Mm-hmm. But in real life, they may count 10x. And so that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Got any thoughts on USC winning the Pac 12 this year? Uh, For football, the thing is, do you think it's going to take any time for Lincoln Riley's system to fully? be implemented or do you think they just got so many transfers who cares they'll figure it out because they're so talented i give them a, I, I i give them a year i think they'll be competitive i think the argument would be yes because of course oregon had serious head coaching changes right and a lot of recruits went with him now for the record i don't think that oregon's coach was very good from an x's and o's perspective but he was a hell of a recruiter I'm sure Miami's going to recruit very well. We'll see what happens over there. But Oregon should have a bit of a down year. Whittingham's Utah team's very good. They're also very senior heavy. So I'm assuming they lost a lot of talent from that team. Yep. And Chip Kelly's Chip Kelly. Uh, let, me, so, let me let me puss but, out and say they make it to the, the conference championship game. But I was going to say, from process of elimination, though, if you're expecting down years from the other top-tier teams, doesn't USC have a pretty decent path? Sure. Yeah, they, and they play in the right division for sure. Yeah. Hey, uh, oh yeah, Presbyterian. Yeah, Jr. They ain't Presbyterian is no more. Yeah, it yeah. was, it was a one season, man. I hope you guys were with us. I hope you were on it when we were doing our college football show because we were on it early and often. I still think we were the only actual program that was talking about it. I never heard it anywhere else. I never heard it anywhere else, and it cashed at like an 80-something percent clip. It was beautiful. Uh, Magellan Sports, we talked about it the day after it hit Magellan, but I don't think you were here, so we'll give you your proper props about um, the first bucket that you had for Looney. Paid, he said 30-1. to one, So Yeah, uh, was, uh, I believe it was 15-1 to one when he talked about it. Looney layup was 30-1. to one. Oh, okay. Okay. If you count that as a layup, I don't really know what type of shot Looney took. He was doing several pivot 360s and then closed his eyes and threw it at the rim. I, I guess that counts as a layup, but I don't really know what type of shot that was. It hit the glass? I know, I know Magellan hit me up on Twitter yesterday. He had a very nice day. 
hit a couple of big parlays. So congratulations, Magellan. Nice job cashing those. No problem. No problem. Uh, JR Black says we were the only ones. So thank you, buddy. That's we'll we'll take we'll take that victory lap. That was that was well earned, and we were we were out there uh, definitely in front of everybody. So congrats. Yep. Very good. Uh, Fernando says thank you for USC. Absolutely. So Scott, let's talk a little bit about the basketball game tonight. Uh, Golden State remains on the road there in Boston for game four. They did their thing in the third quarter, but other than that, they were pretty much completely disappointing, including 11 points in the fourth quarter of game three. You know, they thought it was bad when they scored, what, 15, 16 in the the first game? They're like, uh, well, hold my beer because we can fucking do worse than that. They put up 11. Still got over, though, by the way. Not the team total, but the full game went over. Yeah. Told you, Chris, I like the uh, I'll play the Golden State team total under again here at 105. I probably have more confidence than the full game under. How do you feel about it? What's your favorite uh, play? It's really tricky. I think we would agree if Golden State loses this game, the series is over. Yes. So if you're expecting a veteran team to respond when they really need to have a quote unquote perfect game, this would be your spot. Yep. Especially since I know the majority of the public is probably on, what do you think, Golden State or Boston? Because people are automatically attracted to plus money. But that game was pretty, I I can't say it was fully one-sided because Golden State had the third quarter comeback. Right. But Boston dominated what, like 80% of the game? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you think the public just chases plus money? Or do you think they overreact to what happened in game three and take Boston? I think... (laughs) They probably overreact, and that's what the, that appears to be what the, where the money is headed. It looks like uh, it looks like Boston is generating the majority of bets and money on them. So, you agree with that? Uh, I know I you understand. you liked Golden State before. You laid out a pretty good case about being the veteran team, having more depth, and well, the issue, of course, was going to be the size on the interior. And I knew Golden State did not have that, but I was hoping that Golden State would be able to overcome it. I mean, realistically, Golden State should be up 2-1 because they punted game one. So the series would be completely different if Golden State didn't choke that first home game. But I'll I'll tell you one thing I don't understand. I don't know how Golden State is plus money for third quarter money line. Can you explain that to me? I know you want to correlate it to the full game. Yeah. You got a bare minimum have Golden State minus one and a half in the third quarter. That's That's what I laid last time, and the spread was almost exactly the same. I saw it was plus one hundred and six for Warriors third quarter this morning. I, see, I couldn't, I couldn't find it. We, I, I we looked know. it up on DraftKings Live during the show, and and they had all the other quarters with odds. They had nothing in that space. So Fanduel had it, so it was either it was either Pickham or uh, they didn't have a number for it. So Fanduel had plus one hundred and six. I I don't get it. Yeah, you, know, you know, I like this is the play that I made the other day. If you guys watch my videos, I'm not going to double up and tell you the case again, but it's. I want to say it's 13 and 5 now and they've been uh they've been winning the third quarter by an average it was six and a half going in they won it by 8 the other night so your average is going to be somewhere 6.7 something like that per per quarter per third quarter so if you if you like Golden State I would narrow it down to the third quarter and again not everything can be explained not every trend you find because you know, when when you and I talk, when Chris and I talk, and, the, and you throw out a number, I, I often like to go behind that number and, and try to explain what that means and when what drives that number like that. So um, this one, I can't really explain it, Scott. 
Um, you, do you have a rational explanation for this third quarter dominance by Golden State? I think the point is that Golden State really just has great halftime adjustments by Kerr. Also, we know Golden State's extremely talented. So sometimes Golden State will come out with a lack of focus, which is why they tend to get killed in the first quarter. That's not selective recall. They've really been an underwhelming first quarter team pretty much the entire playoffs. So I think it's a mix of just good coaching and some lackluster efforts in the first half, right? which have resulted in some quality adjustments being made for the third quarter. Okay. But at the end of the day, that's where I would go. If you want to look for Boston fourth quarter, maybe. I think I'm actually taking Golden State tonight. Okay. It's it's a spot where I understand people are going to automatically ride Boston. They're at home, yeah. and they dominated in pretty much the enti- the majority of game three. But I've seen Boston have a couple of really big wins this postseason. And the game after, they basically no-show. And I don't know why that's the case, but Boston has been known to drastically underperform the game after big wins. And if you're going to give me a veteran team that needs to have it, I think you make a good case for taking the contrarian angle here. Okay. Fair enough. You, I, you know, I, I, yeah, I get it. I'm, I just saw. I think that, it's a tougher call than people are making it out to be. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I know. You know, Boston has dominated the majority of these games. Uh, yeah. if, if it wasn't for the third quarter, it would be just absolute blowouts here. So, but does it concern you at all that Boston has had a history in the postseason of having these big get-up games and then immediately just punting the game after? I don't love it, but. Until I see it in the finals, I mean, they did they did it obviously in Golden State as they come out when they came out with a big victory in Game One and then then kind of shit the bed. They kind of amber herded it in the second game. So I will be curious to see if that trend continues at home. I like the fact that they're at home. I still think there's value on this Boston team. I'm going to ride the other way, Scott. I've, I faded you the other night with Golden State. I'm not going to criticize you. I think Boston's I the better team. No, but it's the same. And it's about spots. And, it, and it's the same with Golden State because I totally get it. About this is. Yeah, we hate to do it. Can you call it the must win? No, it is a must win. I think we would agree Golden State is not talented or deep enough to come back from 3-1 down. I would not imagine Scott Foster is the referee tonight, Bill, after refereeing the other night. Have you heard the referee crew for tonight? Uh, I believe I did. Let me just see what I can get. Okay. Um, I know for a fact it's not Scott Foster. But... Uh, Broncos says Boston tonight so much better bench. Yeah, that's that's become the case, and we talked about it before the series that we kind of thought Golden State might have had a little bit of a better bench. But uh, that has not been the case um, as Poole hasn't been good. Uh, Wiggins has been okay. He's been fine, but Wiggins has been certainly below what he was in the rest of the playoffs. I'm just expecting Marcus Smart to suck again tonight. He had one good game. Now he's obligated to have a bad game. And, yeah, we've seen this movie before. I said the most important player in the series was Marcus Smart. Because if he shoots well, Boston's almost impossible to beat. Yeah. The issue is when he shoots terribly, he shoots really, really badly, and Boston tends to lose. So keep an eye on that. Because either way, he's going to keep shooting. So yeah, he's going to keep shooting no matter what. So just keep that in mind. But by the way, I have he, not really, he, I've not gone through the correlations of parlaying or fading Boston with smart under in points. But I'm sure you've made a killing if you've done that this postseason. Yeah, that would seem to be a pretty good correlated parlay for sure. By the way, East Carolina stretching it out now. 12-7. Uh, still just one out runner on second base. Open it up! Mm, I, I, 
you know, I, I feel like I couldn't believe it went to 175 today. I got 135 yesterday and I was thrilled. It's all about reputation, man. Uh, it is. It is. It's, it's, you're paying a little Texas, a little Texas tax there, as everybody knows Texas. And people think about East Carolina and they think about their football team or their basketball team and think, mm. but it's good. It's a good baseball team. I doubt if I would be as hip to East Carolina as I am without Tim Earl around. I'm not going to yeah, lie. That's fair, too. All right, my friend. So you and I are, and what are you, where are you at for the total? Uh, for the total, it's a little bit tricky because the last game went over because of the pace, and I'm curious what adjustments Golden State are, is going to make. I think I have to lean over okay. just because of how much faster Boston played. And it barely went over, but the third quarter, the fourth quarter was disgusting. Yeah, that was, throw that out. yeah, when you say, when you say that barely went over, it is true, but it should have gone over by easy, easily double digits. It was a rare rocking chair over that cashed by like five points. Yeah, that's a good so, way. A good way to put it. But I'm gonna lean over there. Um, my play of the day was a prop. Money's actually coming against me, which I find a little bit surprising. Okay. I took the over seven and a half rebounds for Looney. Okay. I don't know why there's been money on the under, because Golden State's only answer on the glass is playing Looney more minutes. So when it comes to what adjustments Golden State is going to make. Wouldn't you agree that would involve playing Looney more because Williams and Horford have been killing you? Yes, you have to you have to try to counter those two for sure. So I'm assuming Looney's going to play 25 minutes, and if that's the case, give me the best rebound on the team by far. Yep, absolutely true. Andrew has loaded up on East Carolina. Had him at 125 yesterday, 165 today, 175 today. Just fucking keep piling them up, buddy. Very good, very good. All right, so... I think we're we're just we're diametrically opposed here, Scott. Uh, I'm, we're on each we're on different sides of this game completely. So I've got I mean, to... I have other plays that I like more than the side, but I get that. Once again, I don't blame you for going with Boston. I mean, they've looked like the better team. Okay. I'm just looking at the spot, saying if you want to go for a contrarian angle and fade a team that's tended to struggle backing up quality performances, I don't mind it. I would probably wait to see what Curry's ankle status is. Of course, he's going to play, but I kind of want to see how he looks in warm-ups, et cetera. Right. But, you know, I, I would lean Golden State because it's a game they kind of need to have. And Boston's had these spots, which kind of scare me. Okay. Uh, let's take a look at the baseball card. JR, is there any game you want us to take a look at in particular? Because we got the full card tonight. Promise you not, we're not going to talk about 15 games. So if you, you got anything in particular, uh, I'll wait for a response. Scott, what do you like tonight? As a, do you think the Royals can win three straight behind? Anything's possible behind easily tonight. I don't mind it. Kansas City's offense has been good. The thing is, if you think both pitchers are going to be awful, then you might as well take the team that's been hitting better lately, mm-hmm. and that's Kansas City. Yeah. So I'll lean to the Royals there. Um, looking through the other lines, it wasn't exactly a great card today. I By the way, Zimmerman has been dreadful his last four. If I looked He's at been awful, if so. I looked at any game of the series. That I thought Kansas City should win, it would be this one when you're fading Zimmerman. So, besides that, I'm looking at. I know the wind is going to be pushing out, but I don't mind the first five under in that Guardians and A's game. Okay. Blackburn hasn't been as good recently, but he's still a solid pitcher. And you have McKenzie, who's been really good. So I don't mind a first five under about four, four and a half, if you can find that, because both pitchers have been pretty good, and both offenses are. Okay, I know Cleveland's offense is top 10, but a lot of it was front-loaded, wasn't it? Yes. So yes. they've kind of cooled back down. 
Uh, besides that, I already mentioned Junus at plus money. I don't mind. Uh, what else do I like? I think that's pretty much it. Okay. Right. Uh, I guess the Rays getting about even money. I mean, Minnesota just used half their bullpen against the Yankees yesterday. Yeah. And it didn't go too well. Tampa has been good this season. They're doing Tampa-like things. Half the team's injured. Nobody cares. They keep winning. And they're somehow 11 over, and nobody's talked about them for three months. Yep, fair enough. Uh, I like Smeltzer. He, he gives you some... I like him too, but Minnesota's bullpen's been struggling. Give, well, the thing about Smeltzer is he gives you some length. You, sh- you, should be able to, you should be able to get into the six with him. That's why I said keep an eye. I talked about it on Chris's show. If you want to bet that game live... Keep an eye on Smeltzer's pitch count. If he's averaging 17 to 20 pitches, first two innings, first three innings, load up on on Tampa Bay. That's that's totally going to be a situational play for me based on how much of a Minnesota bullpen we get involved. Um, Gallon, Magellan said Gallon's going to continue his kind of a little bit of his slide and uh, going to get knocked out by the Phillies. Uh, Phillies are I just can't get in the way of the Phillies because they've won six in a row and – it seemed like the manager firing was the exact spark they needed. Mm-hmm. So one of those rare times. I like Allen a lot, but I acknowledge he has not been as dialed in lately as he was to start the season. And the Phillies have been really good. So very yeah, good. I'm I'm with you there. Bill wants to know if anybody else is on France today. You on France, Scott? Uh my on France, they're still winless in the actual competition, which is kind of weird, but I also don't really know what this tournament is. Because all these, or most of these teams, if not all of them, have already qualified for the World Cup. Right. So this is kind of like a tune-up situation. Right. And it seems like France has been totally disinterested for the entire tournament. And they're down one nothing to Austria. I guess I wouldn't mind taking France potentially to score next or to potentially win 2-1. to one. But they're still currently without a win in the tournament. It just seems like France isn't fully interested in actually winning this tournament. Fair the motivation enough. just doesn't seem to be there. Fair enough. Uh, by the way, JC, yes, I am a permanent member of the Parlays show, at least until further notice. So you're uh, you're you're stuck with me, my friends. Anything else on the card for tonight, bud? Not really. Uh, once again, it's not the greatest card in the world. Uh, covered. I got some pretty bad much news. everything for the most part. I got some bad news for you, man. This is as good as it's going to get here after the playoffs are over because it's a full card Friday. It's 15 games. Yep. Going to be a fun time. So. <laughs> Very good. Um, what's your favorite bet tonight, man? Uh, my play today. And what is that? Uh, Looney over seven and a half rebounds. Okay. And even though everybody's fading you, you're still okay with that? I don't get why there's money on the under. I, I'm trying to think of what adjustments Golden State can make. Are, you're getting killed on the glass by 16 in game three. Are you supposed to go smaller? Is Draymond not supposed to be terrible? Like, I don't know what answers you have. You have to use a loony more. Can we, can we talk about Draymond for just a minute, Scott? Is that, yeah, uh, if you want to. Is that the number one problem that you see right now with uh, this Golden State team? I, thought that I, w- I don't know if it's the number one problem because you still have the – lack of size in the first place. Right. And they're extremely compromised at the backup center position. But Draymond's been awful. And I think that when your third best player is playing this badly, you're not going to win many playoff series, especially in the NBA finals. Now I'm not going to blame 
the podcast or anything like that because I I have better things to do. I don't have time to waste for complaining about him being podcast to do because of a podcast. I just think the issue is that Draymond, ever since the back issue, either this year or even a couple years ago, he can't shoot. Yeah. And we talked about how Golden State's basically playing four on five every offensive possession because you can leave him wide open at the three-point line and you know Draymond's not going to look at the rim. So I do think it's because of Draymond, but not because of the distractions and the physical play and whatever, but it's because he can't shoot. And Boston can single could basically ignore him, double team people that jump into the paint, collapse the defense, and tell Draymond have fun and give him the Ben Simmons treatment. That's yeah. my main takeaway. You? Uh, yeah, I'm 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 the same way. And he's he is just a black hole in the lineup, and as far as offense goes, and Scott. He hasn't been that good defensively either. He's got he's got more no. per, as Chris pointed out. He's got more personal fouls than points. That's pretty much the definition of a bad series. So, all right, my friend. Well, you know what? Let's get to it. We've got a special play cooked up for Friday. I think it's going to have a mixed reaction here, Scott. But we're going to find out what it is because it is a good play, and I'm a big fan of this one. So uh, let's get right to it, shall we? As we uh, for the last time this week. We strap on our overalls, we grab our straw hats, we climb aboard our John Deere, we pull out our keys, and we fire that bad boy up. Because, ladies and gentlemen, once again, it is time to bet the farm. All right, Scott. Well, we have... uh, we have rumored this look. We have rumored. We have talked about doing this. We have threatened to do it. We've said we should have done it. Well, today, we're finally going to do it. What do we got cooked up for Bet the Farm today? So for this one, we are going to go to the WNBA. And we are going to take a team total in this one. We are going to take the Liberty. Over 80 and a half at my, around minus 125 shop around. But we like the Liberty team total over. Uh, the Liberty have scored at least 86 points in each of the first two meetings this season. And the Fever easily have the worst defense in the league. Indiana has allowed at least 85 points in 10 of its last 11 games. And the Fever rank number one in pace and dead last in defensive efficiency. So they play the exact way you want to because they can't guard anybody and they shoot the ball very quickly. And the over is 6-2-1 and one in Indiana's last nine home games. But 80 and a half for a team total is just too low, and we're going to take the over. We think they should get to 85. There you go. And some days, you know, Scott and I, we, we trade back and forth about who suggests what. Some days you don't know who made the what pick. This is not one of those days. You know who you know who brought the WNBA pick to me and uh, who, who initiated this one. So very good. I like it. You lay out a great case. We're here to find winners, baby. We ain't, we, ain't, we ain't here to match the TV schedule. We're looking for the best play every day, and I think we've got that right here. So get down on the New York Liberty team total over 80 and a half. That's going to do it for the farm. That's going to do it for the show. That's going to do it for the week, and that's going to do it for us on the Winners and Winers YouTube channel. So as Scott so aptly pointed out, we have one more show on the Winners and Winers YouTube channel, and that's coming up right after this commercial break. <laughs> no commercials. Um, we'll be back at the top of the hour. We're going to be doing it live as a kind of old time sake. We'll be doing our NASCAR show live with Scott, 
Chris and our friend Rye Cape. So make sure you stop by and check that out. But if you can't make that, make sure you stop by and check Scott and I out on the Max Wagers Network Monday afternoon, 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, as we once again will do our very best to help you guys in that journey to head back to the window. Take care, everybody. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next time.